It's Wednesday night, and we all know what that means. Take it away, Connor. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the All Elite Zone podcast on YouTube and Twitch. We are here for our AEW Dynamite live reaction. Uh, as you know, it is not Dynamite time. We are fixing to have an interview with former WWE star and TNA star, The Pope. Uh, somebody know him in WWE as Elijah Burke. Uh, he will be on here in just a few moments. Uh, we also have another return tonight. Uh, as you guys see in the right below me, Adam is uh, back on the All Elite Zone. It's great to have him back. Uh, it's uh, it's great to be there. back. Thank, thank you, guys. Uh, it was a good little mental break, uh, and I, I missed everybody. So I'm, I'm happy to be back. Yeah, we certainly uh, missed you. I think a lot of the audience members uh, missed you more, more than uh, – Others, I guess, if you know what I mean. Uh, oh, oh, stop. Uh, we also have a new member of the All Elite Zone, Mark. Uh, he is from Texas, same as Wayne. Uh, he is a new member of the party All Elite Zone starting tonight. So uh, welcome, Mark, to the All Elite Zone. Happy to be here. So I guess we're waiting now. Uh, Tonight is the fourth anniversary of AEW Dynamite. Uh, it's really hard to believe that uh, it's already been four years. Uh, so, what is your guys' uh, like your guys' favorite Dynamite moments over the course of the four years Dynamite has it has been around? Yeah, I started watching uh, day one. I was I stopped watching wrestling, and then when I heard about AEW, yeah, I was I know I didn't know who any of these guys were to be honest. Um, I think I had heard of Kenny Omega, but never saw any of his matches or anything like that. They actually came to where I live uh, in December of 2019. I went to that show. Um, yeah, that that was a that was a fun. That, and I mean, from there it was just I, I was hooked. I went with my dad, and yeah, we had a blast. Um, one of the best matches was uh, the Lucha Brothers against uh, Kenny and. And hangman and I, like i said i didn't know who these guys were but holy crap man it was it was awesome it was a fun show um yeah i still go back and even watch the dark match that they that they had because i ended up leaving uh after dynamite was over i was like dead tired and but i still i go back and i, I look for that show because i could see myself in the audience and i'm like oh that's pretty awesome but yeah man and I, i've been hooked i've been hooked ever since um it's day one, like I said, once they, uh, once that, that company got announced, it was like, oh, yeah, I wanted to see something different. I was tired of WWE just, I don't know, WWE just got boring. Wrestling just got boring for me, and I don't know, wanted to see something different. Hell, yeah, AEW was definitely that. Yeah, that uh, seems to be the common answer for a lot of people on here, at least. Uh, that felt the same way that WWE was not going in a good good direction and it wasn't wasn't really a good uh it's kinda of embarrassing to be a wrestling fan to be honest. <laughs> Watching WWE yeah. is kinda of embarrassing. Uh I guess for me there's been a lot of great dynamite moments over the years. Uh I've been to a lot of AEW shows. I've been to about fifteen AEW shows. Uh probably too many than I should have been, but uh I've been to uh, Two pay per views, quite a few dynamites, rampages, collisions. Uh, went to house rules, two of them, uh, including one my ho- in my hometown, Tupelo. Go on, yeah. Uh, me and Adam just went to dynamite, and uh, was it June? I think it was June. No, it was June uh, August, August. It was August, 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 we went. August, uh, August 16th episode, yeah. And we were actually there for probably one of the best lucha matches with Commander and Ray Phoenix. I, I, I don't know yes. any other match would have topped that match. It was such a good match. Um, but yeah, like um, like Mark said, I I, I came to I, I, I actually um, turned to 
AEW when WWE got stale for me. Um, but I actually was a late bloomer to AEW. I actually started watching it during the COVID period where there was no crowd. Um, but I enjoyed it. It was, it was something different from, for, for me on TV with no crowds, but it was so fun. I mean, I, I think some of my favorite moments was obviously the, the introduction of Broken Matt Hardy. Um, you, you know, that that was great where, the, you know, him and Cody and their team feuded with uh, Inner Circle. Um, uh, and then, you know, obviously FTR debuting. Like, there's so many good memories of um, of early uh, AEW and, and Dynamite. It's, it's crazy to think that a company like AEW that started four years ago and just had probably one of the biggest wrestling shows in the world, in, in the UK, you know, still going strong. So, uh, uh, yeah, until now we have a uh, former WWE star, Tina Star, the Pope, Elijah Burke. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, tonight. I've uh, been looking forward to this for a while. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I definitely want to thank you for doing this. Uh, we've had a lot of uh, some guesses to. Uh, I'm not going to call it names, but uh, I guess not show sometimes. Uh, but we want to appreciate you for uh, taking the time out to do this during the week. Uh, no problem. Thank you for having me uh, and inviting me to be a part of your show. I appreciate it. Well, I guess I'll go first and then Mark and then Adam and then Chris. Uh, so I'm going to go basic. Uh, how did you get into wrestling? You know, we've been uh, WWE and A, but what did. What are the origins for the pro? Uh, the origins are crazy. Uh, that, that's the first question that you ask, which is, I guess, uh, a very decent question to ask as well. Uh, we always got to start at the beginning. And uh, it's funny enough that the beginning, uh, in part, right now is getting a little bit of national attention via Netflix and that's Ohio Valley Wrestling, OVW. Um, that is how Hope got into the business as, uh, while being an officer in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, I saw the first ever OVW tryout camp was announced somehow, some way. I don't know how it popped up on the computer while we're putting inmates in the jail, but it did. And so, uh, I, I knew that it was just heaven sent. I knew it was just meant for me to see that uh, because on our computers, even though we were getting upgraded at the time, um, those computers at the at the facility of uh, you know the county computers for jail, there's nothing that you do on those computers are supposed to be doing on them, other than you know the work itself. And so I went to put someone in and. As I'm waiting, because intake was overcrowded, I saw a banner, like just a rectangular banner atop the screen, and it read, first ever WWE tryout camp, Ohio Valley Wrestling. So yeah, so I filled it out, and I got accepted. I got a call by Jim Cornette. They were only accepting 50 people uh, worldwide from around the globe, and um Jim Cornette called me one day. I was sitting on the dock of the bay with my girl. Uh, we hadn't passed out. I'm sitting in my Camaro. We, you know, we now started napping, and uh, my phone rang, and it's freaking Jim Cornette. And I, I'm, I'm a little hazy. I'm, a, I'm in a little dream world at the moment, and I didn't know if it was real or not. And Jim is going, Elijah, I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Get to a better area. I'll call you back. And so I got out of the car and I stood on the dock of the bay and he called back. And I was like, Jim, he was like, Elijah, it's like, I, I just want to welcome you and let you know that you're one of the ones who want to come back. You don't know a headlock from a wrist lock, you know, but, but you got something. You got talent. You're natural. You're not one of the guys that lied to us and tell us they look like a million bucks and they get here and they look like five bucks. So um, that was that was how, after the initial tryout camp, when I got accepted, 
I went up there for a week in Ohio Valley Wrestling. Uh, first person I stepped into the ring with, the very first person who called me into the ring at that time was Christopher Daniels. And I heard you guys talking about, well, obviously you're talking about AEW. So Christopher Daniels was the first person uh, professional that I ever stepped into the wrestling ring with. And I'm like, you sure you want me in there? Like, I'm a boxer, you know? You're like, yeah, I want you. And he, he took me in there and um, showed me some stuff. And um, Jim's point was just simply that I, I, I didn't know anything. And, and that is, to this day, it's often what WWE is after. They don't want someone who has gone so far into their head of thinking that they know what to do where they can't be untrained. So they often look for people they could train. And I, I happen to be, you know, to be one that had an impressive boxing record, amateur boxing record. Um, I, I was natural, uh, had a decent physique, and that was uh, that was something that they saw money in. So kind of bouncing off of that, Elijah, so what was it like when he went from OVW to WWE? How was that transition? Um, the transition was was only different in numbers. Um, the number of people that you had to work with, the number of people that you had to listen to, the number of people that said, hey, I need you for this. Hey, you're going to do this. Hey, we need you for this. Um, and then obviously the amount of people that you were performing in front of. OVW did a good job of getting everyone prepared uh, for the road for WWE. Uh, they had a studio there, uh, you know, that held at max 500 people when the fire marshal allowed it. Uh, they were doing TV every week. Um, we were on the road, uh, oftentimes every week, maybe twice Saturday and a Sunday, you know, going, driving as far as two to three hours at times uh, to do a house show. So the transition, uh, shout out to Gabby Tough. That's just something Pope does on Pope's Point of View podcast with Elijah Burke. Every time we use the word transition, we give a shout out. <laughs> The old Gabby Tough, if y'all don't know who that is, that is the former Tyler Rex. So, um, but yeah, the transition was pretty, it was easy uh, in that regard. Uh, the amount of workload uh, and all of the different avenues that you had to be on at any given second, that, that was the getting used to. Like I said, getting pulled in every direction. Uh, showing up, not necessarily knowing what you're going to do, but knowing that you got a lot to do and to just be prepared. Uh, well, first off, let me just say, uh, uh, Mr. Burke, uh, Mr. Pope, uh, huge fan. I love your work. Um, I, you know, I, I, I loved your work in WWE, TNA, all that stuff. Um, a big thing I, I love doing, I, I, I lo I'm a history buff of pro wrestling, and some of the stories I like are you know, the new guys coming in and taking advice from, uh, you know, the, the veterans. So when you transitioned from OVW onto the main roster of WWE, was there any veterans on the roster that, you know, came up to you, said, hey, kid, you know, let, let me talk to you. Let me, let me give you advice. Is there anyone that stood out veteran-wise that came out and talked to you? Well, a, a lot did. Uh, 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 I mean, everybody gives somewhat advice. If you're talking about taking under the wing uh, sort of type of veteran. Um, well, I was under the best, you know, wing that, that any one could possibly want to be under. That's because I was working directly with my mentor and my idol uh, in the world of professional wrestling, Dusty Rhodes. So there was no better person for me to be up under uh, and to take advice from and to listen to. You know, there's a story that I often tell about uh, the dream when uh, uh, he he produced all my segments. Like he made sure, you know, if Elijah Burke gonna talk, Elijah Burke gonna speak. I got him, you know, I got him. So he would make sure he had all my stuff. And one day, he came to me, um, and I guess there had been some back and forth between Dusty and and uh, management or the creative team. I, I don't know for certain. I can't say, but. Dusty, this is how he would deal with me when it came to 
uh, the me cutting my promos and doing my backstage pre tapes and whatnot. Dusty comes to me. He say, "Lava, I want you to read this. See this right here. Read it." So he gives me a sheet of paper, and he says, "Read what they say. Hurry up! Hurry up and read it." So I read the paper, and after I get done reading what they got down, he takes. He said, "You done?" He takes it back. He said, "Now that's what they want you to say, but I want you to say what you want to say, how you want to say it. Don't worry about that, man. Don't worry about this, man. I'll deal with them." So that is where. Um, you know, I I learned how to maneuver around uh, what they would want, give it, but yet give it how I present it. So that that was that was Dusty, and um, I I, I love that, and I, and I love. I mean, I don't need you to word for word tell me what. Just tell me what you want to get over, what you want to get across. Give it to me. Pope got it, Daddy. That's all you got to worry about. As far as um, as far as uh, advice, two very important um, guys that gave me some very, uh, very important uh, advice was one, the Undertaker, the four up that I wear on my sleeve to this day, on my fifth sleeve. That was all because of the Undertaker. Of course, in WWE, I was having it written on my fist tape every time I went out. Uh, throwback to my boxing gimmick, uh, you know, my boxing lifestyle, if you will. Uh, Taker came to me one day and he was like, okay, so he said, you got this tape on your wrist. He said, I don't know what it is. We know you're an accomplished amateur boxer. He said, find a way to make that unique because that's going to be something that that could possibly get over and be with you throughout the rest of your career. He said, find a way, like you got the white tape on it, but it's just white tape. And anybody can go out with white tape. He said, find a way to make it unique. And that very next week, I came out from having just white tape wrapped around my fist to having four up on it. And to this day, everybody asks the question, what four up means? It, I mean, instantly, they it started uh resonate with people. Why does he have four up? on his fist tape. So uh, that was the first bit of the great advice that I got. The other advice came from Matt Hardy when it came to me uh, when I debuted uh, the Elijah Express. You know, uh, I used to go up and do the Elijah Express uh, like the Karate Kid. If any of you ever saw that movie, you know, the Karate <laughs> Kid, when he spread his... If you go back and watch December to December, you'll know what I'm talking about, where I threw the... <laughs> You know, I, I made the form of the wings of the bird and I drive the knees. And Matt Hardy, a uh, good friend of mine to this day, just gave me some good advice on, okay, it looks cool, but find a way to make it impactful. So, uh, he, you know, he was just like, I mean, it's a very cool move. No one has ever done it. But I just feel like it's missing something. You need to find a way to make it impactful. So instead of going up in form trying to look cool, which was the point of why I was throwing the Karate Kid, uh, now when I go and I, and I drive the knees in from after talking to Matt Hardy, I started pushing my knees into the back at impact. So I, you know, I push my knees with my hand and to create further impact, and it looks more uh, devastating than it did when I was doing the karate kid. So those are some great advice I got from those judges. That's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Dusty, you want to go? Yep. My, name Chris, my name is Chris Downs. Though. I'm a, I'm, I saw you in Memphis Wrestling on YouTube a few times. Well, technically one time. And uh, my question to you is, and it sounds a little, I don't know how to say it, but um, before the tragic events happened, how's it? I know you. I know you. Got, I know you got a lot of questions from other podcasters, but how did you feel working, and how did you feel being the last opponent of Chris Benoit? Oh, y'all just all over the place, ain't you? Good. Um, keep them coming. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Chris Benoit. Benoit. The first thing I think about when it comes to Benoit is those last moments that we shared together. Uh, I remember when Benoit was being transferred over to ECW, which I was 
uh, you know, one of the top heels on. He comes to me and he wants to have a talk with me. And uh, we go into the stands, we sit down, and he goes, Elijah, I talked to a lot of people, and if I was going to come over to ECW, I wanted to know who could benefit the most, who who could I help take to the next level. And um, everybody, hands down, said, you're the guy. So I'm coming to ECW for you. I want to come for you, me and you. And uh, I was very excited about that. I was very excited to know that I was about to be, I mean, technically one of the best to ever freaking do it. And so I was very excited that I was going to, uh, you know, once Chris Benoit won that title, I was going to be his main adversary. So I was looking forward uh, to the program. Of, of being with Chris Benoit. I never had any issues whatsoever. Me and Chris Benoit wrestled the uh, the loop prior to our final match on ECW. Uh, that Saturday in Georgia, I actually uh, I saw a couple of people that day. Uh, Bully Bob Armstrong stopped by, uh, Nancy, and um, Daniel. That, that's uh, yeah. Daniel stopped by the baby, so they were backstage. I remember running around chasing little Daniel, you know, and uh, talking to Nancy, whom I always called woman just because of my nitro days. Woman, oh, woman, want to marry me now? So every time I see a woman, you know, and um, so we it was it's, it seemed everything was cool. That last match that I had with Chris Benoit on the ECW was one of the, my, my, one of my favorite matches for a lot of reasons. Um, one, because we're going out there on live television and we don't even know what the finish is, except for the fact that Chris Benoit's going over. I'll decide, I'll decide out there. I'll let you, you'll know, you'll know when it, when it's right. So, um, and I love that, uh, that when Chris work, he calls everything versus you know, having a doggone slew of this, that, and the other ABCDs, and it makes it that much easier and fun to be able to read and to work off of the crowd. Uh, that match, my back exploded, almost literally, but figuratively speaking. When he came off the rope, he was supposed to come from the side profile uh, so that way I can get my knees up but he came from my head and I had to raise up and put my head, my, my knees over my head, which took my backs off the ground and it had no support, my lower back, because I was on my shoulders. And man, when that 250 pound solid freaking frame crashed down, I literally, I was on fire so bad. I thought I was, I thought I, thought I, I broke my back. Hmm. Um, and then I had to get up and I had to lift this man over my head in the souffle, if you will. Hold him in the souffle. And um, I like to say souffle on that for my TNA commentary. <laughs> Pick him up and hold him in a standing vertical souffle. All, all the while, man, my back is burning on fire. I'm hurting. Um, and that's, that's a match that I'm very proud of. Not because it was his last match, I don't think anybody wants a distinction of wrestling someone last based off of what happened that follows, but it's a match that I'm proud of. Definitely. Also, uh, one comment. Um, Jason, uh, what up, Pope? Uh, did you enjoy working with Sylvester Turkey? What up, Jay? It's Turkat. It's Sylvester Turkai. <laughs> what the hell wrong with you? Where you been at all these years? Do your, re <laughs> do your research. No, I'm messing with you, but don't get me going now. You see, I got my cup of Joe with me. <laughs> you get worked up in here in a second. But um, Sylvester Turkai, yeah, Sylvester Jason was, ah, oh, what a teddy bear of a man. Um, 
of a giant, I should say. Um, so kind, so ah, whatever. I, you know, he just was easy. Um, problem was, I don't think all the people he was beating up thought he was easy. So, um, yeah, that kind of changed things. Um, but Sylvester Turkai, I wish that things would have worked out differently because um, I knew I was going to always wrestle, but to stay behind him and 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 just ride the wave, if you will, and let him go on and do all the things that they had planned for him and I'd be right there, I was cool with that. I was cool with that. Uh, uh, Sylvester Turkai was supposed to be Undertaker's opponent at WrestleMania 23. That's what they were building to. Oh, yeah, look at that. Look at that little insight. Uh, so my next question is, uh, you, got, you got a few on-screen uh, stuff with Vince McMahon. Uh, how, was the, how was it like working with someone like Vince McMahon? Again, preparation. Preparation meeting the process, if you will. Preparation uh, uh, meeting the moment. I had no idea this was even happening. I didn't even know I was going to be in the ring with this man until three hours, two hours beforehand. I didn't even, the suit that I had, I literally had to go out that day and go buy the suit because I didn't have a suit. I had a shirt and a tie that I always, you know, that come looking good. But I'm going to be in the ring with Vince and I need a suit. Ain't nobody tells me until now. So I literally, that suit, and as a matter of fact, it's hung up somewhere in, in, in my closet. You know, still got the shoes, still got the, the actual suit, the jacket, the shirt, the tie, the belt, the pants, and the socks. Um, so I still have all of that. And um, what, a, what an amazing moment. Never in a million years would I have thought that, you know, I'd be working up on their events and then be selected for uh to 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 lead this new revolution of ecw source to be one of the main players so yeah that was a thrill for me man even 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 as much so as i told you guys about the promo stuff even then you know uh giving them what they want but giving it in my way uh, you guys know the rule today, the rule that you probably read somewhere, heard someone say or mention, never touch Vince unless you're told. Never put your hands on Vince unless you're told. And here I am standing side by side with Vince. And every time I go out the curtain, Vince, he's like, yeah, give him, give him that smile. Give him that million dollar smile. <laughs> so, so while I'm... Uh, while I'm there in the ring with him, I throw it back to him. And I'm like, come on, Vince. Let's give him that million-dollar smile. And then I grab him. And I hug him. And we just pause and look directly at the camera. That's not playing stuff. That's feeling the moment. That was not written. That's feeling the moment. And then, as a result, I remember going backstage. Vince was, uh, after we talked, Vince was like, uh, did I? Anyone tell you to do that? I was like, uh, no, sir. I just, I, I just felt it. Uh, okay, ah, uh, good stuff. He would say good, good, ish, you know. But he's like, good stuff. Man. That's good shit right there. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that was pretty cool. And then the next week, as a result of that promo, now they got a video package. Where when I say give them that smile, they pause it and they give all these different camera angles and flashes, and you hear the the shutter of the camera from that. So that's what happens when you you create out of naturalness. Uh, sometimes the best things that we do in the world of professional wrestling is unplanned. Everything shouldn't be planned. It's the unplanned stuff that oftentimes gives you the best content. And that was the focal point of the next week's show. One of them. Hey, so, 
Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, that's what I like about Jim Ross. Uh, lots of times I, I've met Jim Ross quite a few times, and I've, uh, he's in such interviews that he likes to not know the finish of the matches. He likes to see it, like, right in front of him instead of knowing the, because you can't get those moments if you already know what's going to happen. Right. I was the same way commentating for Impact Wrestling. I didn't, I, I never went to a production meeting until probably, you know, six months or so. Uh, before I was done in Impact as a commentator. So I never, ever attended a production meeting. I wanted to just react. Um, I believe when you're commentating, you should do so from a fan uh, fandom uh, point uh, or a fan perspective, I should say. Because the fandom in me is that I want to react as if I'm sitting on in my front room, you know, with, with, with the boys, with you guys watching it. I want to react that way, you know, and I want to get the characters over. But if I see something that happens, I want it to be my natural reaction. And um, I think that's key. Uh, that is very much so key. Yeah, so I just wanted to uh, kind of get your point of view of, of where wrestling is as far as WWD and AEW and uh, like how you see the two companies and, and also TNA. Um, going to live and well, um, just how it, it, it seemed from you, like, um, you know, as far as competitiveness and, you know, everybody, you know, being able to get work and also the fact that, you know, you were in Jacksonville. So, I, I mean, I, during that pandemic era, you know, their daily space, you know, I assume that you had a you know, close up view of everything that was going on and just what you think of everything. Yeah, I stopped. I, I obviously I naturally stopped by and everything and. Uh, met Tony, talked to uh, Tony and whatnot. And uh, I think that I don't know how to say it with without it being taken uh, literal, but there is no competition. Uh, there's other companies, but there's no competition. Um, and I don't think there has to be competition. What there needs to be are viable options for other guys to go and make a living and to work and to entertain the fans and, and, and options for fans to choose what they want to watch. I think that it's important that if you take all of these types of names of different companies and you put them all in one bowl, and you label the bowl, what are you going to label that bowl? Answer. That's for one of you. Well, wrestling. Wrestling. Wrestlers. You're going you're gonna to label it <laughs> wrestling. You're going to label it wrestling. Yeah. Just like a box of M&Ms, some people just don't want the brown. <laughs> some people choose to just go for the green M&Ms. Some people choose to go for the yellow M&M's, but they're still M&M's. So those are options. The M&M's are not in competition with one another. They're just M&M's. We do not have to have wrestling and look at it from the perspective of competition. And the fans oftentimes get that wrong because of their tribalism. It's okay if you want to support one more than you do the other, but it's not wrestling and wrestling, and should we not just be happy that there are plenty of wrestling companies that are doing well that gives you the option to sit here on your podcast and talk about them and, and, and give you the option to watch which you want to watch whenever you want to do it? So no competition. And even if there were thought to be, uh, that would be inaccurate because WWE is the end-all and be-all. There's the, there's the NFL. There's the XFL. There's the uh, CFL. Okay. How many people are saying they're in competition with the NFL? How many people say, oh, Rock got XFL. They're going to kick the NFL butt. Nobody. It's football, 
if you want to watch it, you watch it. If you don't, you don't. But um, everybody understood that analogy. All right. Oh yeah. All right. So, oh yeah. Okay. Just a little wisdom for thought that you can that you can always carry. That I, I chose M and M's because a lot of y'all uh, seemingly remember that, um, especially Chris. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, you're good. I'm messing with you. Just laughing. But anyways, I, uh, uh, did I answer your question? Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what, what were those uh, conversations with TK like? Um, you know, was there ever me, a possibility? Uh, gave me the read. But that was, that was never... Look, I didn't go there looking for a job. I, I went there because they were obviously... In, in my hometown and you know what why am i not going to stop by and show my support hung out with the boys you know talked to everybody cody and the hardys and not the hardys uh the the bucks and yeah hardy 2.0 uh the bucks and, uh, <laughs> um mjf and luchasaurus we sat down for a while but when i talked to tony it was just you know a good luck you know um uh, happy that this is here, has come along, and, and what it's going to do. And he gave me, um, told me how much of a fan he was of Pope and um, of my work. And um, we just kind of exchanged pleasantries. And uh, then he had to go do some, yeah, he was actually grabbing some food. Uh, we were in catering talking. So I, I didn't ask for a job if that's what you're asking we just literally just uh i just hung out um talked to chris jericho talk just just you know just being a being a floater you know <laughs> just around not, not nothing to it stay small stay hidden didn't try to get seen didn't go out and talk to the fans you know you know i, I wasn't there for that that wasn't my place and um i was i was good with that just there to show support. Cool. So, um, now, first of all, thank, thank you for uh, touching upon my uh, view of tribalism. Um, I, I stressed it here on this show about how wrestling fans, like, I actually had to step back a little bit because, you know, everything was getting toxic with wrestling fans, and I'm like, I, I can't deal with it. People should just be happy with the product, and, and all the companies are striving right now and, and, and doing so well. Um, and, and so I, what I want to touch on is your transition to, to TNA impact. How did that come about? Who got in contact with you? Um, and how did that all start? Um, yeah, again, um, tribalism is something that this new age of wrestling fans have come about, um, because they were not around a lot of them were not even born yet during the Monday Night Wars. I lived through it. I lived through it and I loved it. <laughs> and, and the, well, good for you. The, uh, what, what is your name? Uh, Adam. Adam. Here's the thing, Adam. The problem with it is the fact that those days are held in such high regard in the world of wrestling I mean, you see the result of the network uh, or the the cock as Polo Del Mar likes to call it on Post's point of view. Head over to the cock. I'm not dealing with it. Y'all deal with the cock. (laughs) But um, the network and and everything that they show, look, man, the Monday Night War got its own library. And then not only does it have its own library within the network, it has so many other things that are spawned off of the Monday Night War, the documentaries, the tables for threes, and the list goes on and on and on. Because it is held in such high regard and is a high point in the biggest era of of, of wrestling, the wrestling boom, if you will, Fans today are are hoping and praying, which will never be, but they live to to 
have another war take place that they could one day say that they live through, that they witnessed. And that's why the tribalism of AEW and WWE is what it is. Because those fans, a lot of them, they have watched and now they want to recreate something that simply can and will never be recreated. I don't care of, of how you envision and I don't care who jumps, you know. The, the, the fact of the matter is WWE is just light years ahead and playing catch-up should not be something that any company, AEW, any other company, TNA when I was there, should attempt to try to do. What those companies should do is focus on their audience and growing that audience and, 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 and building their own legacy, not trying to challenge the legacy of WWE. Um, and, and, and the fans should not be wanting that either. Uh, you saw what happened when Hogan and, and convinced Dixie to go to Monday nights, you know, uh, when I was there with TNA, you know, wrestling does not need another war. What wrestling needs is simply viable options and, and other wrestling programs to be successful, much like the documentary on Netflix with OVW, The Wrestlers. That is what we need because it broadens the the audience and, and other people. It brings in the casual viewer. You know how many viewers going to click on or have already clicked on The Wrestlers on Netflix that aren't even a wrestling fan per se, but they wanted to give it a shot, give it, try it out. And as a result, they may then tune in to AEW tonight. They may then tune in. I, I haven't watched wrestling since Hulk Hogan. I'm going to go, let me go see what's on USA Network on Raw. That's what we need. That's what we need. Um, to, to, to your other uh, question, um, hold on. What the hell was that question? <laughs> uh, your transition, your transition into impact. There you go. Thank you. To that question, um, I was in, I was in um, North Carolina doing a convention. I think it was the NWA convention, uh, two thousand and nine, or yeah, two thousand and nine, or the end of two thousand and eight, and myself and Jeff Jarrett was on the elevator. And we're riding the elevator with a bunch of people. And when the other people get off the elevator, it's just me and Jeff going down. And Jeff just look over at me. And he goes, you good? I was like, yeah, I'm good. Like, you good? He's like, no, are you good? Like, you're clear. Everything's good? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm straight. Everything's good. I'm clear. He's like, Good. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Terry Taylor call you, and that was it. That was the process. <laughs> Terry Taylor called me. Uh, you know, Jared just wanted to make sure that I was clear of contractual obligations, and um, they brought me down for uh, for a dark match with Sean Sean Spears. <laughs> And we wrestled in the impact zone. Um, obviously, I was Elijah Burke. Um, and that's what they was going to bring me in on. Obviously, uh, a lot of companies always want to capitalize off of the name that is already uh, has built in stock. You know, so the stock was already there in that name. So you don't want to rename someone. Um, I'm probably answering the question now before any of you ask it. Uh, so I just go ahead and, and tell the story of the Pope. Um, so when I get there, they, they want me to be Elijah Burke. Uh, they want me to be this bad guy, you know, the, the heel Elijah Burke. We go out there, we wrestle, and um, go backstage. Jim Cornette, great. Haven't have you decided what they're going to do with you yet? I'm like, they want me to be um, um, the heel uh, Elijah Burke. God dang it, they told me they wanted you to be a baby face. You got that pretty smile, and they want to say, so goes, I don't care. I don't give a F. So Jim Cornette's going off, and um, I go out, and I immediately go to the locker room to grab my uh, a DVD in my bag 
where I had recorded this four minute uh four minute pre-tape of who Pope is while I was at OVW. Like I had I wore the whole gimmick, you know, as Pope. I never wrestled. I just did it. Uh I had a a whole cool setup. I had some man servants uh and, and, and female servants, but I don't want to give too much away. Who knows? I may revisit it. But it was very, <laughs> it was very, very cool. And when I got to the ring and did it, uh, I decided I wanted to record it. I grabbed the DVD. As I'm coming out the locker room, I see Vince Russo. I call Vince Russo. He's power walking back into the impact. So I'm like, Vince, Vince. He's like, hey, man, good stuff, bro. Good stuff, bro. We are. Uh, Oh, we're going to get you going on um, next week, man. No, we're going to debut you at the pay-per-view, bro. Good stuff. And I said, Vince, great. Do me this favor, though. I said, this right here is a legit four minutes. I said, could you please go watch this? It's just four minutes. He said, yeah, bro. I'll go do it right now, bro. And so I'm like, he said, yeah, give it to me. I'll go do it right now. Vince went into the uh, TV room. And he comes walking back out four minutes later. I'm standing in the same spot. I never moved. He comes walking out. As soon as he come out the door, I'm like, I'm like 25 yards. Uh, I'm about 25 to 50 feet away. Uh, and he, he comes out the door. Bro! Bro! As a matter of fact, I'm going to have Vince Russo on Post Point of View podcast with Elijah Burkett soon. Uh, I, I shouldn't have said that, but shameless plug. I guess I'll put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> bro, bro, because I ain't told nobody yet. Bro, <laughs> bro, breaking news for you guys. Bro, <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so he's like, bro, <laughs> bro, you forget Elijah Burke, bro. Forget Elijah Burke. You have to be the Pope, bro. You gotta be the Pope because the Pope is money, bro. The Pope is money, and I already got the name D'Angelo. D'Angelo, because that means money. The Pope is money. I'm going to tell them right now, bro. Forget that. Not D'Angelo. D'Angelo. Dinero, because dinero means money and your money, bro. And so before yeah. I even got a chance to be Elijah Burke, uh, the gimmick that I want was working on prior to my WWE exit, which was the Pope. Um, it came to be a TNA, and that's how the Pope came to be. All because Vince Russo said, bro, I got your name, Dinero. Dinero was... <laughs> The narrow is money. And, and and once I debuted at Hard Justice, I believe that's where it was with the big old bird cage. Um, that red bird cage they had. Um yeah. when I de- when I debuted, um everything that you saw from beginning to end, even to the commentary, even to now, it's all Pope. Vince never tried to and I always give him his flowers because so many people like to shovel the dirt on him. Well, if you're going to shovel the dirt, I'll be the one to put the flowers on top of the dirt. So I always give my flowers to Vince Russo because um, not one time did this guy ever try to script me. Not one time did he ever try to say, Pope does this, Pope does that. As a matter of fact, Vince Russo came around when I was doing Genesis that myself and Sting and Devon were waiting to do our pre-tapes. Vince Russo come in, comes rushing. Okay, Popey, let's go. What we got? He's like, what I got? I don't even know what I'm talking about. What you mean what I got? <laughs> oh, just be you, bro. Be Pope. Like, what? Like, so that's how crazy sometimes it would get. But Vince would just tell me what he wants or what he wants me to talk about, and I just did it. So um, kudos to Vince on that. He, he said these words. Bro, I can't write for you, bro. I can't write for the Pope, bro. I'm a 40-year-old Italian. How can I write for the Pope? I don't know what the Pope would do. So that was Vince Russo. So uh, 
one member of our podcast team could not be here, but he sent this video. Uh, what is the deal? I go by the name of Mr. Jacobs, a.k.a. the five-star man. Uh, welcome to the All Elite Zone. Thank you for joining us here. Uh, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I actually have a two-parter for a question. Uh, can you name one person going up and down the road over the years that was always fun, that, that was never a dull moment with? In other words, who is your favorite person to, to travel with? And uh, the second part to that question is, can you give us any funny stories of anything that's happened on the road over the years of your professional wrestling career? Thanks again for uh, joining us here in the All Elite Zone and for giving us your time and letting us pick your brain. Really do appreciate it. Peace. All right. What was his name? Mr. Jacobs. All right. That was a little hard to hear. Something happens to me because I had to put my ear to this doggone phone to hear that. I'm coming after you, C-Man, okay? <laughs> Mr. Connor, just letting you know that. That junk was so low. Y'all heard it okay? Yeah, I yeah but I got an air so I mean, yeah. I don't know. I can hear you. I literally had to put my ear next to my doggone phone to hear it. Um, <laughs> uh, Jay, I'll... um. I'll tie this into it and keep it current because I had a couple of people that I traveled on the road with. Uh, but my main uh, uh, partners on the road, my main one during my time at WWE was Kofi Kingston. Me and Kofi uh, traveled and roomed together uh, continually. Uh, another person that oftentimes I get with was Armando Estrada. You know, sometimes we linked up. But Kofi was my uh, main go-to um, you know, me and him, where we're meeting at, uh, where we're staying. Um, I'll be waiting at the airport or he'll be waiting, whatever the case. So, um, during that time, it was myself and Kofi, Mr. Jacob. And so therefore for, for your funny part, of of, of, uh, it's, it happens so many times that it kind of pisses folk off. Because he got the one time that, as of right now, is showcased on YouTube for all to see. But every time we shared these hotels, I would travel, or he would travel, or both of us at times would travel with our Xbox. So myself and Kofi, we were Xbox guys. I'm still the Xbox guy. And so we, we'd be up at night playing Madden. And Kofi, even when we play Xbox Live over the years gone by and, you know, he's at his home. I can't tell you how many times I heard that dog scream. Because um, Kofi's so upset. Get away from me. But we were, there were times where Kofi would get so upset, he would love to play with the Patriots, and I would always get, um, you know, Jaguars or wh whomever was with, uh, I think I had Peyton Manning, because I, I was Peyton guy. But I beat Kofi so bad so many times. Do you know this man broke his controller? Would throw the controller across the room. And so when I was visiting backstage here in uh, the Coliseum, when when um, SmackDown came, I decided to go into, uh, Xavier decided to come and say, hey, man, you know, how about that? Let's get that match between you and Kofi. I'm like, ah. He's like, you want to do up, up, down, down? I'm like, ah, I guess. I mean, but it's on the PlayStation. I'm like, I ain't never played PlayStation. And ah, it's the same, it's the same, it's the same. I'm like, I ain't never played it on the PlayStation. But I was like, all right, whatever, it's Kofi. And so if you guys ever saw that video uh, that they have on the ch on the YouTube channel, you'll see that I, I, I lost much like the Jaguars lost in the um, in that that playoff game against the Patriots. One last shot to the end zone and the guy knocks it down with his hand. That is Kofi's first time beating me. And the only thing is it was on video for the world to see. <laughs> So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. So um, I've been trying to get that rematch. 
I'll, I'll, I'll eventually get it, and then I'll, um, I'll whoop him like I've always done. Because he's horrible, by the way. He's very horrible. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, here's one question, uh, Michael. The Pope, what was your favorite Eddie Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero match? Um, it says moment, Connor. Favorite Eddie Guerrero Eddie moment. Moment match. <laughs> That correction, that correction was money, bro. Money. <laughs> uh, no. Um, favorite. I'll go to favorite match because it's my favorite moment. Actually, my favorite match is um, No Way Out when he won the title for the first time against Brock Lesnar. That's that's you know. That's like my favorite WWE match of his. My favorite match of his in in WCW is Halloween Havoc, him and Rey Mysterio Jr. Uh, classic. However, my favorite moment of Eddie Guerrero is when he and Chris Benoit at WrestleMania 20 are standing in the ring and the confetti's falling. That's my favorite Eddie Guerrero moment. Uh, when we got called up, oftentimes in developmental, we'd be on the road. Uh, you know, anytime WWE was nearby, we had to go to it, whether it was Cincinnati, whether it was Indianapolis, uh, you know, because those are right outside of the Kentucky, you know, uh, lines. So I was in Cincinnati, Ohio. Could have been Memphis as well, but I believe it was Cincinnati, Ohio. And um, this is the last time I saw Eddie Guerrero in person. So I was moving my stuff because I saw Eddie coming in to the locker room. So, and I wasn't even a part of the locker room yet. I'm, I'm just developing a talent. But I wanted to be respectful, grab my suitcase and move because Eddie Guerrero's coming in and Eddie stops me. And he's, he talks to me and he goes, no, he say, what are you doing? He's like, no, we're, we're, we're brothers. We're brothers, we're family. We're all in this together. You don't have to do that for me. I'm, I'm no different than you are, okay? We're family. So I'll never forget that. That's the last time um, that I spoke to Eddie Guerrero. Uh, wow. Not many people can say that they had a good, uh, I will say it, uh, in-depth story with Kristen Moore and Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Uh, he gave me a hug and everything and, and, and told me to grab my stuff and bring it back in the locker room and Told me if I needed any advice or anything, come to him. He's he's there for me. Like, you know, it was more of a touching moment and more stuff to it, but it's definitely a moment I'll never forget. I may have Chris Benoit's last message on my um, computer um, as I used to keep it on my, you know, at my phone at the time. He actually called me that Thursday. Um, he called me that Thursday to check on me after my back exploded. And which so that's why all of the things of the nature of everything is just so crazy about what happened. But he said um, he just called me, and I missed the call because I was I was out as in sleep. He's like, hey, no, just and yada yada yada. He just he's just very apologetic. I don't want to tell y'all everything that was said because I might put it in my book one day. But yeah, he called to check on me. I guess a day or two before everything happened. Crazy. Yeah, uh, that was a very great uh, all on interview. Uh, I do want to show this. Uh, Pope the president, I agree. Uh, I would, uh, I would vote for sure. Uh, Pope the president. Uh, Pretty sure we all would. Uh, you got my vote. Yeah, that was. You can go at him. <laughs> Oh, what? No, I was just saying he's got he's got he's got my vote. Uh, yeah. uh, dude, that was a very great uh, all around questions that we asked, uh, and you're probably one of the best. Uh, first, me head on here to definitely go into uh, detail with everything. Uh, so we definitely appreciate your time and your uh, uh, your detail with every story. Uh, you kept everything uh, very very detailed and very. Uh, it's, it's like you're watching it. I mean, like you're not hearing someone say you're actually watching what, you, what you're presenting to us. So, but, yeah, I definitely appreciate you coming on. Uh, 
Does anyone else got anything they want to ask uh, before we close? I do. Yeah, no, I just, I mean, I always, I, yeah, I always ask this question before, you know, with every yes we do is, you know, where can, where can people find you, like socialize or, you know? I appreciate that. That was going to be my closing line for sure. Um, but guys, be, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the Black Pope. That's D A, the Black Pope, on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can find me on Facebook, Elijah Burke. Um, uh, one one more important thing that's very important to me uh, that I would like to share it with you guys and the viewers and the listeners is Pope's charity, um, the Love Alive charity. Okay, something that's very near and dear to my heart where we uh, assist uh, the impoverished communities in and around Jacksonville, Florida. I got a huge event coming up in January, our biggest event of the year that we do every year. And that's where we feed, we clothe, uh, we give hygiene products, we got blankets for the people that are on the street. Uh, you know, the list goes on and we feed them. Uh, we don't feed them out of a paper bag. We don't feed them out of a soup truck. We have three to 400 people lined up uh, around the block behind Burger King, you know, in, the, in our downtown area, just not even two miles away from Altel Stadium or Davies Place for a lot of you who know what that is. Um, I'm not a, we're not pub, uh, we're not government funded, okay? A lot of the times it's been funded out of your boy's pocket. Uh, and if I have to fund it continually out of my pocket without the help of you, then you might be doing a GoFundMe for Pope, and I don't need, I ain't trying to get to that point. Um, <laughs> but if you, if you guys would, take a moment to visit love-alive.org. Learn about my charity. I got videos on there. You can head over to YouTube, Pope TV for you. Pope TV, the number four, and the letter U. You can also watch some of the videos over there. Um, we always document the process so you guys can see your dollar at work. So guys, if you have a buck or two, head over to love-alive.org, make a donation, a contribution for this big event that we're coming up. It's going to be my 12th year, 12th year doing this huge event in the city of Jacksonville. And if you don't have PayPal or don't want to do it uh, via the website, then you can donate via Cash App, Money Sign, The Love Alive Charity. Money Sign, The Love Alive Charity. Um, but with that being said, guys, if you um, if you take the moment to do that, I'll be so grateful um, and appreciative. And, and trust you me when I say one dollar makes a difference. It really does. So give what you can, um, and we document it, like I said, and you will see the results of your support. Lastly, be sure to check out your boy every Saturday morning, along with Polo Del Mar. Uh, on on your podcast platforms. We're also going video now on Pope TV for you uh, with my sit-down interview series. I just did uh, the former Alicia Fox on of WWE, so you can see that on Pope TV for you over on YouTube. But guys, Elijah, uh, uh, excuse me, Post Point of View with Elijah Burke every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. on all your podcasts and platforms. Be sure to check it out if you get a moment. Fantastic. I love it. Oliver Boone said, I will hey. donate. Uh, I'm going to put hey, all Pope, the wings. One, hey, Pope, one thing, what was it again on the on Cash App? The Love Alive Charity. T-H-E, love, L-O-V-E, alive, A-L-I-V-E, charity. C-H-A-R-I-T-Y, the Love Alive Charity. I'm going to put uh, all I the links that was mentioned in the description below the... Uh, Charity link that was mentioned. The uh, I already have some of your sources already down there, but after the stream goes over, I'll put more links in the description. But uh, everything that was mentioned will be in the link description below. So if you guys, anyone watching, or anyone on here wants to check that out, stuff out, it'll be in the link description below. Uh, yeah, uh, it seems like a very great cause, uh, and it's very great that you're doing it. You've been doing it for 12 years. 12 uh, years, man. Listen. We, we we give blankets to the people that are sleeping on the streets. We got shoes. We got clothes, new and used, you know. Uh, it's interesting me. And I, we feed them what 
oftentimes we take for granted. And so that's why I do the whole Burger King stuff because I get so sick and tired of seeing people drop their unfinished meals in the trash and then to see somebody go up, you know, especially if it's outside and dig through it because they're unfortunate. Uh, and that's how I start. That's that's what just made me say, you know what, enough's enough. And um, pretty soon we're going to be reaching out to Tony Khan uh, so that he can help us because we're on the home front. And I love what yeah. he does with his little outreach program in all these different cities. But we're on the home front, and we can use all the support we can get. Everyone watching, absolutely. Uh, share this and tag Tony Khan, and uh, let's uh, get this uh, going because this is a very great cause. And Tony Khan does like to do a lot of outreach programs. Uh, so yeah, uh, and like I said, it's on the home front, so yeah. it's right there. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I'll say a Duval. <laughs> Where are you from? Well, I live in I live in Tennessee now. I live in Tennessee now, but I stayed in uh, outside of Tampa for about nine months. Okay, well you, you you're cool as hell with Pope, but stay in Tampa or stay in Tennessee because you can't say Duval right. <laughs> no, okay, yeah, it, no, I'm sorry. I tried. <laughs> it's all good. It's Duval. Okay, there you go. You you do it better than me. I forfeit this match. I forfeit. <laughs> it's all good, man. I've been. I've, I've been <laughs> listen, listen. Uh, if you, I just want to tell you, Adam, if I was if I was uh if I was Donathan and not Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz, I would turn to you and I would say, "And Scarecrow, I'll miss you most." <laughs> yes. <laughs> I accept it. I enjoyed you. I enjoyed all of you. Uh, let's make no mistake about that. Uh, but I, I, I like somebody that talk as much as I do, so I don't have to talk so much. So, <laughs> Adam, anytime you on, boy. And uh, 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 Mark, I, I, I enjoyed all y'all. Every last one of you. But see, now I get in trouble because I'm calling names. But every last one of you, I enjoy. But I always bring that energy that you got, Adam. I always bring that energy. I, I'm like I'm like Vince Russo, man. I'm Italian, so I, I I don't write for other people. I write for me. Hey, that's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> that's we definitely appreciate up. you being on. Uh... And this will be a separate upload. Uh, we're live right now, but after our Dynamite reaction, this will be up as a separate uh, interview as well. So, what? all the way. I, I wish you hurry up. I got to go eat. This is the longest outro I think I've ever been a part of. If you don't get this outro going, man. All right, no one. Uh, all right, uh, this will be up after the uh, this reaction is over. All the links that the Pope shared will be on there as well. Uh, we thank you for coming on here, the Pope. Thank uh, you, Pope. Thank you, Pope. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, Connor, yeah. for having me. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate yeah. you, man. Thank you. It was a pleasure having you on. We hope to have you on uh, one day in the future. I look forward to it. This was fun. All right. All right, we, Go get yeah. your food. Go get your yeah. food. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I'm out.